I'm Cameron Strang, and welcome to Unedited. My guest today is author, speaker, and podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Annie has built a passionate following with her best-selling books, Remember God and 100 Days to Brave, as well as her popular weekly podcast, That Sounds Fun. Annie actually joined the cast of The Relevant Podcast a little over a year ago, adding a much-needed perspective to the group. Her unique mix of wit and depth is on full display every week. When we decided to launch Unedited last fall, Annie was one of the first people I wanted to interview. It was October when we sat down for a wide-ranging conversation about her story. She joked with me before we recorded that she wasn't going to cry. She was not successful. It was a really moving talk. Then the next day, one of our audio guys came to me to tell me there was an issue with the equipment we recorded on. The interview was lost. I didn't have the heart to tell Annie until I knew she'd be back in town and we could do another one. And though we were both disappointed, we lost that original interview. Thankfully, last week, we were able to sit down again. The conversation you're about to hear is our take two, and it's a lot different than the first. We talk about disappointment, having faith to truly trust God when you have no idea what's going on. We talk about how to pray, and I even get a little out of her about some of the guys she's dated. Annie is vulnerable, funny, and honest. She wears her heart on her sleeve, and yes, she cries again, although she says she just got misty-eyed. Here is my tear-inducing conversation with my friend, Annie F. Down. So take two. Take two. Isn't that sad? It is sad, but like, I mean, like we've talked about since you told me that our first interview got disappeared. You have not been nice to me since I told you that information. (laughs) It was a week ago and I said, hey, by the way, (laughs) some things beyond my control (laughs) happened and you have not, you've not been yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm a terrible person. No, I have. Yes, I have. Shut up. I just think, I I mean, you just have to, well, I felt like when I look, I know this is going to sound silly, but when I look back on the. I mean, who knows how many interviews I've done over the last eight, nine years of this career. That was one of my Is most... Is that brag? Uh, over the thousands <laughs> of people who have begged me to speak to them about uh-huh. what I know. No. I, I, it just was one of the more special ones. Yeah. And so I'm sorry it's gone, but you also just have to trust when that happens. You, you just have to trust that stuff. You really believe in that? That like everything happens for a reason? Yeah, 100%. Really? Yeah. Good and bad. Uh, do you do you believe that this is interesting that that's your perspective because like do you believe like human error mistakes fallen corruption of man like things happening like that's in God's plan like God not that God didn't know it would nothing surprises God but you said everything happens for a reason so like God wanted that interview to go away no I don't know that he wanted that interview to go away as much as Okay. So it is, you know, like I, I, here's what I don't know. I don't know what God wanted in that situation. What I know to do with what happened Mm -hmm. is believe that that has to be the way it was meant to be. Right. Versus like, cause, cause what meant to be implies that there's 
a a greater force, a plan. Yeah, that sure. Coerced it. Yeah, I mean, we had a conversation last night talking about the like similar to this of what do you do when you don't know? What do you do when there's when there's pieces you don't understand, right? And so, to me, I just when that stuff happens, yeah, I just go, okay, there's something I didn't know. There's something I didn't know that made this the right thing to happen next. If so, yeah, I guess I do think that God, I, de- I mean, clearly none of us are going to say God causes evil to happen or causes bad things to happen. But I do genuinely think when things like that, because this doesn't fit in the category of a tragedy to me, it just fits in a disappointment. To yeah. Me. And so then you go like, it's the same as when you're sitting in traffic and you were supposed to be somewhere 20 minutes ago, you just go. I, I did everything I knew to do to do this correctly. Something went sideways. There has to be a bigger story here. I don't know. So I'll trust it. And so, so that, so this is like a middle range from big tragedies and real losses. You can't just say that as easily, but a middle range thing like this, like, oh, that's disappointing. Well, something I didn't know. I think it's interesting. The, the, I was, I was watching this like Netflix documentary yesterday. I was in bed. Exhausted all day yeah. <laughs> slash sick. Yeah, I think you can call it sick, but I think it is very true for you to say that your body. Oh, said, it was exhaustion. I mean, yeah. I've been, you know, as much as I've been trying to start the new year with intentional margin, the margin, it, it's not work, like like margin from work, hard boundaries, no problem. But then I would come home and in previous seasons, I was working again, like on the house renovation or all these other things. And, and I was like, okay, so I'm not doing that. So I'm going to, during the holidays, I'm going to be more intentional about others. And so I've been having house guests and things like that. And I think I realized, oh, wait, I haven't had any days where I wasn't Mm -hmm. like, you know, hosting or, you know, like whatever. And like, all of a sudden I'm, I'm exhausted. I started feeling myself getting sick this week. So I'm laying in bed and I'm, and I'm, uh, watching the documentary and, and it was like, it's called QB one. And it was like, they yeah, followed. Yeah. 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 They follow these, one of the Georgia guys. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they follow like the, the top, uh, three, uh, high school senior quarterbacks. And it's like, they document their entire year before they go off to college. Mm-hmm. And one of them, uh, like during a game broke his finger, like yeah. badly, like had that surgery, right. Yeah. On his throwing hand. And sitting in the in the uh, hospital room, his mother and uh, his aunt were sitting there, and the mom was like really discouraged, uh, you know, about like the missed opportunities, and he's not going to be able to finish the senior year. And the aunt says, "No, no, no. God has a plan for everything, and you know, who knows? We don't understand His plan always. This isn't necessarily a disappointment or a discouragement. Maybe breaking his finger." is and keep getting him out of the games maybe in two games from now there would have been a tragic you know injury and this is such a minor thing that like saved him from that we don't understand god's plan and i'm going i i i think i used to see the world like that and i don't know that i do anymore why what how do you see it differently i think it's because over the course of i i got the dream for relevant when i was a sophomore in college i was 19 42 now and I've been pursuing this thing that yeah. I really feel like God sparked or gave me or vision that he gave me. And, and I have been so sure about the plan and the path so many times and so wrong in hindsight mm-hmm. that I, I don't, I just stopped trying to figure out God's plan. I just don't like, 
I don't try to like, I don't know. I just try to live with an open hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'd walk through like to the two games from now, something could have happened or did it. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't try to write the story anymore. I probably went from, God, why would you ever let something like this happen to, I don't understand, but, but I trust. I believe that you are telling a story that I can't see. And that's as far as I take. I mean, I still, I, there's probably six stories in my life right now where I go, I don't think I understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this went sideways, this turned left and I thought I was turning right. And this went better than I thought, and this went worse than I thought. And I, I guess I just don't always understand what you're doing. And so I will just believe that you do. Okay. And it doesn't take away the pain and it doesn't mean that things don't hurt and it doesn't mean that you don't celebrate, you know, neither. It, it doesn't, doesn't center out emotions and make you not feel things. It just goes like, in the end, there's a reason. How do you handle, I mean, like God sparking a dream in your heart. Like, I, I really feel like this is his will uh-huh. and you believe in faith. Yeah. Like, you know, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. So do you know the part in, um, have you seen Wizard of Oz? I'm sure. Right. The movie. I mean, A hundred sure. years ago. Yeah. Don't act like that's an idiot thing to ask. That is a very. Who hasn't seen Literally, if you are listening to this and you have not seen Wizard of Oz, please let me know because I think every person in America has seen Good. Wizard of Oz. Then this analogy will fly with every single <laughs> Fly <American>. like a monkey. <laughs> There's a scene in Wizard of Oz where uh, Dorothy, and it's right after the scarecrow, and she's walking and she can see Oz in the distance. What she And she knows that's where she wants to go. What happens before she gets there is the turn into the woods. And I have seen a couple of times in my life that I thank God in his, genuinely, I mean, this this isn't like a line. God in his kindness will show me Oz, will show me where I want to go. And the actual goal is the right turn. But I would only walk even to the street where I would turn if I was walking toward Oz. Moses and Aaron. Yeah. And so, and so to me, that's how I reconcile that in my head as I go, there are times where God goes, hey, what if, what if Oz is the goal? Let's walk toward it. Because if he said, hey, the woods are the goal, I'd go like, peace, not going that way. Do, but what, if, I mean, so then you know what he, his best, you know, kind of destination is, his, his purpose for you, the dream that he gave you. Mm-hmm. And then all the left turns, right turns along the way are like, because of our mistakes and our well, yeah, they're because of our mistakes, but they're because we're listening and doing the best we can. And I think a little bit is personality because my personality is if I decide to do, if I have this tiny little dream in front of me, I can, t- I can dream out the next 12 steps to see Oz. And sometimes that's my I, problem too. It's and, like, and, and I think, Oh God, God that's where you want me to go. That. I will figure out the best path to get that's there. That's right. And I think God uses our ability to, to imagine the end result to help us get to where he actually wanted us to go. What every dating relationship I've been in so far. How many is that? uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm 38, so. 40 40 plus. (laughs) I wish. Um, (laughs) I can see that going all the way to the finish line. I can see, or I wouldn't be dating the guy if I didn't think this could be, 
I can see a life where we end up together. That is the Oz, right? I can see a life. And then when it turns right or turns left and I don't stick around or he doesn't stick around, it's disappointing because I saw the end of the story. It doesn't mean it was wrong to see the end of the story. I just can't put my hope in it, right? And just go like, okay, well, that wasn't meant to work. So how do you pray then? Like, like in the, in, yeah. the, in the midst of that, yeah. you know, let's say you're dating a guy and you're really praying for that relationship. You're praying that, I mean, you would be hoping for marriage. And so you're going to yeah. pray for that because yeah. that's how I grew up being taught that that's where you're supposed to name it and claim it. I mean, that sort of thing. And then yeah. what if, you know, I think the tough thing for me is over the 20 years, it's been like, I've been wrong more than I've been right about what I've thought I should be yeah. praying for. Have you? You think you've been wrong more than you've been right? Yeah. I would bet that's not true. I would bet that the longer you've done this life of prayer, the longer. I think in the, my earliest days, I mean, like totally. where it's like, I'm going, Lord, we need this to happen. And yeah. Lord, I'm praying that that'll happen. Yeah. And, and it's like, they don't. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, in hindsight, I realized totally. I wasn't ready for that. Or the Lord was trying to, I needed to go through this valley first yeah. to build up the strength to be able to handle that. Yeah. Or, you know, I would have. You know, all these things that you realize later and then you're kind of going in the midst of it. Like, I didn't know what I was, you know, I was asking for the wrong thing. Yes, And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. So all I can do is pray what I know. And all, I mean, all the only decisions I can make today is what I know. But how do you hope for something, i.e. marriage with that guy, hope for it, but then you don't actually pray that it'll happen? I do pray that it'll happen. Well, then, so then... Because that's all I can know is it, so is, forty I'm, plus times in your life now God has not answered your prayer. Yeah, yeah. So how does that affect your faith? Um, you know, and I think because I cause and you for I, the record, it's not forty plus. I was just joking. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's I only wish. 30, 35. Again, I wish. <laughs> um, and you know, I think it's you and I both have friends like this. It's true for people who are trying to have babies. It's true for people who want a different job. It's true for people who have a dream that they haven't to be a musician or a writer or a lawyer or banker that just hasn't come to pass yet. Mm -hmm. Um, How does it affect my faith? It has, it makes me, let me think how it affects my faith that it hasn't ever panned out. So for me, the example that's easiest for us to talk about currently is being single, though it's just a part of me, not the whole of me. Um, A few guys ago, my heart got smashed before we were friends. You'd have really had a mess on your hands then. And as I've watched his life over the last four-ish years, I have gone, man. That's the bullet. I am glad. Well, yeah, I mean, his wife doesn't feel that way. But for Annie's life and for what God saw coming for me mm-hmm. and what he had dreamed for me and what he had dreamed for dude, we just wouldn't have paired up. Someone would have lost what they have right now. Mm. And and so he is the clearest. And I gained, I cannot tell you how much I gained from knowing him, from share, him sharing his friends with me that I still adore. And from some of the healing I pursued because he broke my heart, I won in the end. Now, you sound that, like Ariana Grande, by the way. Thank, thank you, Thank you. Next. Thank you. I do feel that. Just want to thank you for my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. And so, and so to me, the only thing I know to do is to pray what I honestly believe until, or pray what I honestly want professionally, personally, relationally, until I understand why God didn't 
want me to have that or didn't see that that was the best for me. Do you think you've gotten it right more than you've gotten it wrong? Like asking God for specific outcomes? I think every time I ask him for what I want, I get it right. Doesn't mean I get what I want. But I think every time I go to him and say, for everything, I am going to cry. We said we weren't going to cry. I said said I wasn't going to do it this time. Um, I think uh, it helps if I don't look at you. Um, I think for every time that I've said to God, with the best of what I know, here's what I'm going to ask you for. He goes, that's exactly right. But then he says, but I'm going to give you what's good and what's best. So yes, I think I've gotten it right every single time. So in hindsight, you wouldn't have? I'd have dated more people. (laughs) You would have dated more people. (laughs) I just, I've had the hardest time praying for specific outcomes in the last 20 years. I mean, I think, you know, when I was married uh, for five years, we struggled with infertility. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one, I mean, honestly, broken people, whatever, we handled it poorly, but it's ultimately probably what ended, ended our marriage was really? the stress of all that. Wow. Um, and, I mean, you know, eventually we were able to have Cohen. And, Slash one of my best friends. Yeah. <laughs> I adore him. And I'm incredibly grateful for him, but, you know, it didn't happen in the timing we hoped for. Sure. And, um, you know, i just trying to figure out, like, in hindsight, you know, now this has been. Yeah, but in nine hindsight, would you later. have not prayed for babies? Would you have gone, well, God's only going to give us Cohen, so I'm not going to ask for any more? I don't know. I stopped asking, mm. honestly. Like, I just, I, 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 I think my default now is like, I don't want to get disappointed by God That's anymore. Right. And so I just That's right. won't not, set myself know. up to get disappointed. And I'll just like pray for his will be done in my life. I'll pray for him to direct my steps, open and close doors as he sees fit. Um, I think all that is very true and a very beautiful way to pray. I also wonder, I also wonder what he wants you to know about him hmm. in the asking for what you really want. Hmm. I just like, I, I think I, Maybe, you know, pendulum swing. I'm kind of like all in or all out, like yeah. all or nothing kind oh, of personality. Oh, man, I know. I've watched the Diet Cokes for a year and a <laughs> half. You are all in or all I'm out. I'm eight or I'm zero. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and That's I, part of our, we have the same personality type. That's part of our personality type is all in or all out. Yeah. I'm either incredibly unhealthy or incredibly healthy. Same, I'm same. Like, I'm training for a marathon or I'm like eating bags of potato chips yep. and having yeah. exercise in two years. Yep. Well, same, same, Cameron. <laughs> I'm exactly the same way. But I, mean, I think my spiritual life is like that. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm happy about that. But in the times where, you know, it's hard, it's hard for me to like, you know, say, well, I've, I'm, I, I know what's going on and I, I'm trusting the Lord and I'm believing for whatever. I, I just more go. I don't do I, that. I don't put my fist and say I'm believing for whatever. Okay. Because I'm not into that either. I'm not name it, claim it either. I don't because I don't think that I have never seen that work to my benefit in getting what I want or in knowing God better because of it. But I do. So my I get a I ask God and sit with God about a word for the year every year, but I do it on my birthday because I think the world revolves around me. So I do it on my birthday instead of on the new year. Yes, you do. 
in July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. I've been inviting you to my birthday party since 2012. It's You've never come. Ridiculous. This year, though, I feel like this is the year you're going to come. Oh, uh, yeah, this year I'll come. Excellent. Um, but I do, I mean, I do ask on my birthday just because I feel like that's, that is when God and I celebrate a year. And last year, I, when I, when I was sitting with him and kind of thinking through it, I went, I feel like my word this year is ask. Like, what if you just ask him versus just going like, Hey, I, I, I genuinely don't know what's supposed to happen here, but I'm going to ask you for what I want. Hmm. And, and you know, what's interesting, Cameron, is if there's a theme to what people come and talk to me about it airports or restaurants or churches or events or whatever. One of the big themes is not disappointment with their life place. It is disappointment with God. There seems to be this new conversation that people have around me. And it may be because of my book or it may be because remember God talks so much about personal disappointment with God, but it is fascinating how many people are like, it's not that I wanted more things. It's not that I even actually wanted that. It's that now I am disappointed in him. This is personal between me and God. This isn't about the stuff or the person or the dream coming true. This is that he says he is loving and kind and giving, and I do not see any of that in my life. What do I do with that? I mean, the fact that, like, if you were to pull, you know, uh, average church congregation, these are all the people who, like, you come to church on Sunday and you act like you have it all everything's good, everything figured out and stuff. And then if you were to look at the reality of things, how many divorces are in this room, how many men are struggling with pornography, how or many women. people are women, you know, like all the things that like, you know, unsaved people, non-Christians are struggling with. I mean, it's like, there's almost like no difference. It's just, we put on this veneer of, you know, I'm a Christian, so I don't. And so it's all like, not all, but and a lot of people are fronting in a way that like, Okay, so I, I had a conversation with uh, an artist, Father John Misty, and mm-hmm. it was in the magazine. Excellent episode. Which we had to pull. He got pretty upset, so we pulled the episode for him. So, um, the uh, One of the things he talked about was growing up in the church, he had this natural kind of leadership ability and musical uh-huh. ability and stuff like that. So youth group, he was like leading worship, and he was like a youth leader and all this stuff. And he told me, he's like, I was living a lie because I could play the role and do all the things and lead the worship in a way that like I knew the response that people would have. And, yeah. and I was just given the pulpit and he's like, I never had an encounter with Christ. And so like, I, I, I was faking it. And so mm-hmm. if I'm faking it, I'm assuming everybody else up here is faking it and we're all faking it. And so yeah. he just was like, he just walked away because he, figured it was all just a big that everybody act. Everybody was doing that. Yeah. And and I'm talking about disappointment with God. It's like I wonder how many of us like are acting like you know, we have this great spiritual life and God's blessed us and we're doing great, but on the inside we're actually like really discouraged and really disappointed. I think we're the only one. Can both be true? Hmm. Can you can you be disappointed with God and feel like you've been blessed? I had a friend yesterday who's texting me that her, she found out her mom has very aggressive cancer mm. and Shoot. like out of nowhere. And like she said, uh, tomorrow I'm going to buy wigs with her. Yeah. And she said, can you help me find the words to politely pray 
right now because I don't know how to pray. And I said, you don't need to be polite right yeah, now. Yeah, no joke. Like God can handle this. Yes. Like God can handle your anger. Yeah. You need to like, you need to just be honest. Yeah. And like, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. Like, be mad. Like, I, he's a big God. He can handle it. He's got big yeah. shoulders, you know? Yeah. Like, what is that about us though that we have to, I don't know. Like, we feel like I, we have to. And I don't think it's that we're afraid to be mad. More often, we're afraid that if we say the wrong thing, we're most definitely not going to get what we want. Right. And so don't say the, because if you, because when we were kids and, you know, you asked mom for something and you got a no, you thought if I asked differently to dad, well, I get a yes. You think my ability to ask and my performance in asking is going to determine whether I get it or not. Oh, 100%. Because that's true in school. I remember in third grade, my teacher canceled recess for everyone. And I thought, I bet I could find a way to ask her. Holy cow, you're making it click for me. I think at some level, all the things that I asked the Lord for that didn't happen, I probably at some level think it was my fault or my mistakes kept it from happening or I didn't ask right or whatever. And so I'll just stop asking. Because you don't know the magic words. Oh my gosh, how funny. That's tough. That's not true. I don't think it is. Hmm. I've never been discouraged or mad at God, though. It's you've a, never been mad at God? I mean, you've been mad at God, but you've never, like, mm-mm. you've never seasonally been mad at God. No, no, no. I've, you've never been mad at God. Because oh, I, I would just say it was probably my fault. Oh, Cameron. Yeah. yeah. Like, like that bad thing or that thing that didn't happen. I mean, I went through a divorce and stuff. You just kind of go through, like, well, it's not God's fault. God didn't screw up my marriage, you know? So you just kind of accept responsibility and then. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, yeah. God didn't cause all your relationships to end. Did he? No. Uh, No. I mean, that's the thing is like, I think every disappointment that's happened, it wouldn't occur to me to blame God. It's like, maybe, maybe that was his. That's a real strong, like, I think blame God is a real strong way to put what happens. I think it isn't. So, a uh, book of mine d- flops and eight people buy it, or a relationship doesn't work, or um, someone hurts my feelings, or I don't get what I want. I, I don't know that I go, I blame you, God. I go like, uh, what happened there? Why See, are, so, I would you know, go, okay, so if I wrote a book. Where you're going to go like, that was on me. Yeah, God, God gave me the opportunity, the favor to get a publishing deal. And, I, and I, I, I got the 200 blank pages uh-huh. and I didn't press in enough or I didn't put the right thing together and, or, or it wasn't like something was off in the vessel, not in his intention yeah, and or I his think hope. A little bit, this is two conversations because there's one of like good stewardship and doing well and things not going, and that's fine. And there's one of prayer. If we're talking about prayer, not saying the right words and not, and, and taking the responsibility of the reason my prayers aren't answered is because of me, is different to me than the work didn't go well because of me. Hmm. I think, I think. But see, so I would pray, I would, I would feel called to, the Lord's called me to write books, right? So I would pursue that yeah. because I would feel like it was a dream that he sparked. But I wouldn't necessarily pray for a certain advance or a certain sales level. I would just go, I'm, I'm believing that he's called me to do this. I'm going to do my best, see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. So like the, um, you know, you talk about in 
in um, in your book, you talk about you know your hope and, and disappointment of not hitting the bestseller list and all yeah, that yeah. stuff in the book. <laughs> and I, it wouldn't even occur to me to hope for that. Like I just okay, I did the I did. We'll see what happens with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wouldn't have put the champagne in the fridge. Yeah. Like, because I might not like maybe that's what I want, but like maybe that's not what Lord has. And so I just like so you, remove you, the expectations you just or hope because I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah, God love you. Yeah. I don't know. Is yeah. that wrong? I no, know. I don't know if it's wrong. It's, <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody knows how another person should handle all the unique situations that are brought up in front of them. I do want you to hope for things. I but do see, I, I would, I would feel the call of the writing, and I would do the thing, and I would hope that it would change lives. And I, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to measure mm-hmm. success anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I'm like, if I, I, you know, if I feel like the Lord's called me to change hearts and minds or 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 something, like I don't know if really what that means is you're going to live your life and hopefully reach one person. Yeah. Or reach millions. I, right. I, I don't know. I know the, how the you? world gauges success. Sure, sure, sure. But I don't know really what God intended in the light of history. Maybe reaching literally this one person could turn the course of history. Yes. And I don't know that in the meantime. So I don't want to be disappointed that that was the outcome because maybe that is really what God had, his best intention was yes. just that. Yes. Right. So like, I just kind of go, all right, Lord. I feel you calling me to do this and I'm going to do it without apology and I'm all in, I'm going for it. And what you want to do with it, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I'm, I'm in motion. You know, it's easier to steer a car that's in motion than one that's mm-hmm. stopped. Mm-hmm. I'll go, but I just don't know where we're going. Your car drives itself. Um, it literally drove itself home last night. I believe you. I hear you and I don't think you're wrong. I do. I totally believe in what you're saying that, that you do the best you can and you trust that the outcome is what it is supposed to be to some degree. Yeah. Like, and so it's hard to get disappointed or mad at God. And again, I'm saying all or nothing pendulum swing. I have probably put up a whole lot of walls and calluses so I don't get disappointed by God or get let down again. I mean, that's, you know, so it's like, you know, like in business, like, you know, doing a young business for 20 years, it's like a young business, small business for 20 years. Uh, it really seasons of, of abundance and seasons of famine. Yeah. And it's like, in hindsight, the f- famine seasons were my fault. <laughs> it wasn't like God lifting his hand of blessing or whatever. It was like, I needed to learn how to do this better. I needed to be smarter. I That's to- two different things to me. Okay. It being your fault and you needing to learn how to do this better. Explain. Okay. Um, God let it let you go through. I'm going to use biblical terms because I'm a great Christian. Um, God let you walk through the wilderness because you needed to learn something from it. I don't think that means you necessarily brought it upon yourself. Right, but also I don't get discouraged in the wilderness. It's like I don't get mad at God or disappointed with God. I walked myself out here. Oh yeah, it's like he's he needs like something's, I need to learn something through yeah. this. And so therefore, again, it's back to, right. I need to learn something. It's not like, God, why did you let this happen to me? It's like, yeah, I've got- I think the longer you do your faith, the better you get at, and you, the more you experience life. So whether you're 65 and you just became a believer, or you've been a Christian since you were kids like us, I think, I think the longer you do faith, the more you understand that the more you come around that idea of like, 
I was meant to learn from this. This is okay. Da, 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 da. But, but I don't want you or any of our friends listening, I, but I don't, I don't want you, my friend Cameron, to quit asking God for what you want because you're trying to protect yourself from being hurt. I think, I, I, I think there's more to this story than that. Oh, 100%. I, I see people who walk in bold faith, and I'm like... Is that what it is? Asking for what you want is bold faith? I think so. Okay. I mean, you're putting it out there in a way that like makes you very vulnerable, right? I yeah. Mean, like, and can make you look stupid, so said, stupid. Right. That is, one of, that is one of the hardest things for me is I hate looking stupid. You said to me that 2019, you're going to get married. Did I? Uh-huh. Just like that. No, what I said is, oh, on the show, on the relevant yeah. podcast. You said within one year, I'll be I said, married. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think God and, said that to me. I, so I would so tell you. So that's a personal I, goal. Yeah, that's more of a goal. It's <laughs> more of a goal I've set for myself because I'm over it. Um, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to get married. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. No, I, that was not. So I think bold faith would be. So let me tell you my life, the difference between that and what I, and, and another one. There's two. The, these are two very different things. As I do, I'm getting married in 2019 because I think I'm doing a lot of work to be the healthiest Annie I can be. I am, I'm running I need hard. to pay off here. I need to, I am running hard after what the doors I feel like God's opened for me and the ways I can make an impact on this planet. I uh, love the people in my life as best I can. I am set up and I am setting myself up to be a healthy partner for someone. I think that could happen this year. I think I'm as healthy as I've ever been. I've had a few weeks of <laughs> slump of that. But I think I, the the bell curve says overall, like the average of all this, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I'm set up to be a really good partner for somebody who is doing the same things. On the other hand, I last fall, I very clearly, as best I can think I hear God, heard to cancel speaking for the fall of 2019 and be in Nashville. I don't know why. I don't know what it's about. I don't know why I have to say all those no's. I, um, that sounds bougie. I, I just don't, you know, like, I mean, my one of, probably my biggest chunk of time besides podcasting is spent traveling and speaking at events. I do two or three weekends a month since 2012. Like, to take six months off of that out of what I think and hope is pure obedience is terrifying to me. So that is where I could end up looking stupid. Me saying, I want to, I think I'll get married in 2019. I'm not going to look stupid if that doesn't. I mean, I'm, I hope that's what happens, but, but I didn't say to you, Cameron, God said this thing to me, but I will say to you, Cameron, we're going to look back in December of 2019 and go, Oh, that's why God told Annie to be off the road for six months. But today, in the first part of 2019, I can't tell you why that is. I have no idea. But I can tell you that I can tell you where I was standing at a church when I heard it. That night, I called the three people who speak most into my business, my agent, my manager, my assistant. And I said, pray into this for the weekend. And you tell me if I'm wrong on Monday. And you tell me if this doesn't match scripture, if this feels off for you, is, am I just tired? And on Monday morning, they all three confirmed that that felt like the right next move. 
And so all I can do... Which affects their livelihood. Everyone's livelihood. Yeah. And, and the other times that things like this have happened in my life where I felt like a nudge that didn't make sense, like when I moved to Nashville, um, when I quit teaching, these kind of things, these big moves... I could do it really quiet and personally until I got to the other side and went, look, I moved to Nashville this time. Unfortunately, it's incredibly public because it's, it's changing a very public part of my job. And so there is a high likelihood that I could look like an idiot by the end of this year. No, you won't because you'll get another book out of it. I mean, <laughs> either way, not by December. No, I know, but like whatever it is that you're going to go through on the other side of it, it'll help a lot of other people, you know? Maybe. Oh, it will. I mean, even if, like, even if it didn't turn out at all like you thought, God will reveal himself to you in a new way through that, and then sure. you can convey that, and that'll impact people sure. who are in their own seasons of, I thought things would turn out one way, and totally. they didn't. Totally. That being said, those, th- those are two different things to me. Mm. And so the bold faith story to me here. I I need to be off the road because I'm going to be investing in a relationship. and Totally. Is what I hope. That's the Oz to me. That's part of the Oz to me. There's like three different pictures I see of what the fall could be about. I've made them all up. Do you have like an email account set up like courting Annie at AnnieFDowns.com like for the men in Nashville (laughs) who want to free up their falls? Um, (laughs) Freeupyourfall.com. Freeupyourfall. Courting Annie. No, no, no. No, I think, no, I'm not. You know me. I don't, I don't chase that stuff. I chase who I want to be. We, we were having dinner with Bob Goff last night and he said to you, uh, what was it? He said, he asked you, <laughs> it came up if you, if there were any hunks in your life, because yeah. I, I misheard the word he asked you. Yeah, and yeah. I thought he asked if there were any hunks in your life, which brought up your love life. And so he, he, he said, what was it about the men? Like, if they don't think they won the absolute lottery by meeting no, you, he like, said if they don't think they've robbed a bank, robbed a bank, they're yeah. not the one. Kick yeah. them to the curb. Yeah, that's it's it. Really You're just waiting for the guy who's the guy who felt like he robbed a bank when he met you. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah. So to me, that's very. That was really kind of him to say, and and. I, we have no idea when or if I don't know. I don't know. So, so the Bob, the, so but that Bob dream of like the guy. There's this guy out there who is that guy mm-hmm. who, when he meets you, feels like he robbed a bank and whatever. Like, I have to tell some jokes like, first. Like, what if you don't meet him this year? Right? Yeah. What if I don't? What if? What if you meet him in five years? Yeah. What if you think you're gonna, you know, like for for us, it was you know like God put the dream in our heart to become parents and. And then it didn't happen for five years. Yeah. You know, like in every month you're dealing with that disappointment. Yeah. Get your hopes up, crash. Hopes up, crash. Every month. I know. It kills you. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I bet I don't have a friend who doesn't have a thing that they've asked God for over and over again and not gotten. Right. And so what but do the you crazy do thing with is, that? is like, the, but then you like look at Christians who have these perfect lives and you think, well, I've dealt with this disappointment and I guess I'm the only one. Totally. So like, I can't pretend like I am because I need to be as faithful and trusting of the Lord as the other Christians. That you I'm have around. to muster up. Right. Yeah. You have to fake it. Yeah. Almost. 
Yeah. It, and I, I struggle with that because there is this like, there is this reality that like faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see. Right. right. There's this like well, Hebrews. Yeah. This like muster it up. Like you can do it. Make, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and believe and, and believe that he's for you. And then there's like, but if I'm telling the truth, truth, I'm really sad that this hasn't happened. My, a baby or a career or a husband or a wife or a whatever. And, and so I think, I think, I think the thing is we can hold both. I think that's the trick that I wasn't, that I didn't pick up on growing up in the faith is that I am allowed to have one hand that holds my disappointments and one hand that holds my blessings and the things I don't deserve. <clears throat> I don't have to let either of those go. I think that's the actual work of faith. I think that's actually what scripture says when it's about work out your salvation with fear and trembling is, can you hold both the, the promises fulfilled and the promises left empty at the same time? How do you, how do you walk this out authentically with so many people watching you? I don't know. Uh, that's because they're looking to you for hope and for answers. So I'll tell you what, you know, the, um, fun therapy episode that I did with Mike Foster, with Mike Foster. I adore him. Um, he's one of the most gentle people. Yeah. I just think I can see him once a year and I know he deeply loves me, (laughs) you know, like that, uh, that is probably, one of that is the hardest conversation I've ever had recorded. And that is probably the one that people want to talk to me the most about Mm. because I lived, I mean, I had gotten like, like a relationship had taken a really sour turn. A relationship with a guy had taken a really sour turn about three weeks before that. And when we, and Mike knows the guy. And when we sat down, I was like, here's what we can't talk about him. And he was like, okay, I won't say his name, but can we talk about what, I mean, if we're going to talk about this, we got to talk about what you're really feeling. And, um, and so I have to, I live that in front of everyone. And I still, and that was a, what, a year and a half ago, November of 17. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, I probably shouldn't say that part. Um, That's when the episode came out. It's on iTunes. Yeah. It's, it's all people can see the date right next to it. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, so people are walking up now and still like taking you back and to that is, place. It's, so it's really, hurt. it's still hard. So it's one of the things that I struggle with balancing in my personal relationship with God. What? Like what's off limits for public consumption. And yeah. Yeah. What's off limits for public consumption. And how much of this do I have to do in front of everybody? Here's the thing that is, kind of messed up about the Christian publishing industry. If you look at this, I mean, seriously, objectively, the, there is an entire industry built around women having to share their tragedies publicly and writing books. Uh Like think about some of the biggest female authors, their entire thing almost is a tragedy is writing about vulnerability and tragedy and painful things that they have to just put on the table for everybody. And like, it's kind of messed up 
honestly, this whole, uh, you know, memoirs are fine or whatever, but like, it's particularly female authors in the Christian industry. You're right. Male authors can write about expertise and topics and teachings. Female authors have to bear their souls and air their dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. And then now we accept you. It's just strange. Have you noticed this? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that is true. I mean, some men, Don Miller, whatever, memoirs, fine. Yeah, I think Levi Lesko writes yeah. in that. Oh, yeah, Carlos sure. Whitaker writes down that way. Yeah, but not as many. If but you not, look at, yeah, yeah. And there's it's like, why, why in the world? world? And it's like... Well, and, I think it's also because women tell stories like that. Okay. If we weren't... If, if I wasn't writing Remember God down as a book, I'm sitting around the table talking about it with other women. And okay. you, you know me, I like dudes. And so I'd be talking to dudes about it too. But, but th- Well, you've that liked is at least the- 40 dudes in your life. No. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that is for sure, by the way. I'm pretty sure <laughs> over that number. I'm not sure. I haven't dated that many. But I, um, yeah, I think that's part of being a female. I think that's part of being a woman is your storytelling from the heart. Mm. And and I, I do also want you to hear me say, I don't regret any of it. I don't regret fun therapy. I don't regret what I've written in books. And the beautiful thing about books and fun therapy is that they're trusted editors. And so when I was writing Remember God, there were places where my editor, my agent would go, that's too much back up or tell more here. You're, you're starting where you should go keep going. You don't do that stuff independent. Mm. It's one of the unhealthy things or unsafe things about blogging is you are just a cowgirl. You're just a cowgirl out in the wild west and you're posting whatever you want and no one's proofing it through. And so sometimes you can, that's a way you can overbear your soul on blogs. But, but I think it's part, I, I don't think it's a problem necessarily. I do think, uh, you only get accepted in this genre if you tell your deepest, darkest is problematic. And it's what about book three, four, five? I mean, it's almost like, yeah, I had this very horrific thing that happened. I'm going to talk about what God did through that. And then boom, now I'm famous. Now I got to back it up and, and well, do that's another the same one. for people who have viral videos to get book deals after that. What you got now? Okay. You were, you, you made something funny one time and 10 million people watched it. And so you got to write a book. I can't wait to see the second one. Right. Do you still, you know, like a lot of times when I talk to. Well, doesn't it put like a pressure on even you where it's like, I have to live a life that be- can become a book, like, because I need another book. And so I need to come up with more stories because people expect that from me. And now there's a pressure on your spiritual life and the experiences you have and the relationships you have. And like, okay. And it's like in the back of your mind, you're like almost like writing as you're living. Like, how do you balance that? I think I've gotten better at that. I, I, there was a time when, yes, I for sure live like that of like, is this happening for a book or is this? I'm going to go to Scotland because I need a new yeah, anecdote. Yeah. 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 Now it, now I think, well, I'm also a natural born story storyteller. My grandmother is a storyteller. My dad is a storyteller. Like it's just kind of in me. So even right now, as I'm watching some stories in my life, I feel like I'm zooming out and going, if there's a thread here, mm. This is what it looks like. There was a, a, <laughs> a relationship years ago, and I remember writing down little details of going, just in case this thread goes all the way through, I, these are things I don't want to forget. Not necessarily for a book, but just for the story. Mm-hmm. I wanted the whole story. And, and so I think it's less that I feel this pressure to like notice things and more that I don't want to miss the story that's being told here. 
The downside of that in an Annie brain is that sometimes I can write more story than there is. Then I can go, well, if this is this and this is this and this is this and this is this, then obviously mm. we're in love. Or then obviously I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Or then obviously, and a lot of times I have seen rearview mirror going like, oh, three of those nine dots you just wrote in. If you took out the ones you wrote in, what's the actual story? So I'm, I'm maturing in that and growing in that. I don't feel pressure probably to, but this also may be from a privileged point of view that, that I have a career now. I'm not a starting author. but So I don't feel the pressure to live a life that is book worthy. Um, and, but I have before of going like, am I this will make a great story or this will make a great story. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Now, like I'm getting ready to outline and dream up the next couple of books. And now I kind of go like, I've talked, I have enough people that read and follow and talk back to me that I know what people want from Annie F. Downs. Like I know my lane pretty clearly. So how do we create resources that, my lane. So I'm at this conference this weekend, right? The reason I'm in Orlando is I'm speaking at a conference. Last night was Lisa Harper. After me tonight is Bach off. I have this opportunity to either go. So there's two ways this could go. Either I go, Oh, I'm not Lisa. I'm not Bob. I'm not Lisa. I'm not Bob. Or I go, they hired Annie F. Downs to get up there and be Annie F. Downs. Go do that. And everybody's going to be thrilled. Bob's here and everybody loves Lisa, but you just be you. And that's what I have to do in my book writing now too is go like, I can't look at what she does or what he does and write books like that. I can't even try to shape my life into a book. I can just go, what's in my lane? And let's figure out how to tell those stories that are in my lane. Um, And so that's how I come up with things now versus the times when I was going like, oh, there's so much pressure. There has to be a next book after. And because my books kind of are sequentially from 100 Days to Brave to Looking for Lovely to Remember God, they really are three chapters of the same story. And so then you go like, huh, I wonder what the next one is. I don't think it's the next book I write because I don't think I know enough yet. But I do think there's a chapter four to this longer story I'm telling. It's probably not the next book. I don't think. How do you handle people? Because you speak all the time. So everybody who comes and sees you as listening to your podcast or read your books and they've connected to your story and they feel like they know you. How do you yeah. handle, obviously the version of you in the book is edited by an editor yeah. and the story is crafted in a way. And so it's, it's you, but it's a elevated version of the narrative of your life. Right. Um, I wouldn't say elevated as in, uh, exaggerated. Yeah, not a coerced or anything. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't imply that. Just kind of, you know, perfected or like the the, the lessons are drawn out very yes. clearly and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Which is, you know, it's a lot of you, details are left out when, yeah. a, when a book. Remember, God is a 13 months of my life. Right. You can't write every detail of 13 months. Of your life. So, so, like, how do you handle like everybody feels like they know you, but they don't. I mean, they, you know. Well, I would actually say that the people who are reading my stuff or watching Insta stories or listening to podcasts, they actually do probably know me. Now, the way they know Does me that different... that weird you out, though? That, like, no. when they show up, they, like, no, know I you? No, and... I know my lane. I know what I'm called to. Um, that's what I'm called to. Now, here's what's true. They don't know me like you know me. Uh. Right? They don't know... 
there is a, um, there's a sacredness to what you and I have in a friendship and what uh, there's that, that, that I choose to reserve for people that I love mm-hmm. and that I know, um, that I know we are investing in each other's lives and there's a difference for what I share publicly. Um, but that is only, that is not because I'm two different people. That's because I'm trying to live with wisdom yeah, of course. in a, in a world that people were never meant to put in roles like this, <laughs> you know, like no one was ever meant to, to, they, Al Andrews, a counselor in Nashville says the human heart was never meant for fame. So how do you handle that? Right. So, I, I mean, I, I, it beats me and I beat it both, you know, like there are times where it just, where I love it too much and times where I hate it too much and times where it is just right. And I know exactly what I'm doing. And so it's both. And so for me, I, I feel like I learn, I'm learning what does it look like to be a friend to anyone who comes toward my resources, my products, my self? Well, and, but you walk into a room yeah, and there's a thousand people that want to connect with you and they want a piece of you and you have to give out. Okay. Do you want me to tell you the truth though, Cameron? Yeah. Here's what. No, please don't. <laughs> Annie, I prefer when you lie to me. Um, let me tell you what's actually true of the thousand people in that room. They feel connected to me because of whatever they've read, listened to, or seen. That is very true. When you say they want a piece of me. Uh, okay, they, the people hanging out in the lobby after. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do. I, you're not wrong. What they actually really want is they have perceived that I love being Annie and they want to love being them. And so if they can come closer, what they want is what I am, not who I am. What they actually want is to feel about themselves the way they have perceived that I feel about myself. And so when they get closer, they go, she's going to like me. She's going to like me like she likes herself because I like her. It's going to be reciprocal and I'm going to walk away feeling better about who I am. And that is exactly what I want to do for them. Because, because I think the highest calling God's asked me to do is, is be the best Annie I can be and help other people and love me and help other people love who they are too. And so they don't actually want me. They don't actually, when people say, I just feel like we're best friends. I just want to be your best friend. I'm like, you don't actually, you, you don't know enough to want that. I, I, that is so kind. And I honor that. You don't know enough to know if you want to be my best friend. What you actually want is to love you the way you think I love me. But you, uh, you, you travel to this event. You, Do you think I'm wrong about that? Share. I don't know. You, I, I don't live your life. The, but you know me, so but, you can tell me if but, I'm but here, on that. Here, here's the thing that I would think, like the life that you've had to live, or like you pour yourself into this book, people connect with it in a certain uh-huh. way, now you gotta go do all these talks, and then in the lobby afterwards or in the hotel or whatever, like people are coming up to you continually and, you know, running, wanting a piece of you. They want to connect with you, whatever, and you've got to give them, you've got to fulfill that expectation. You've got uh-huh. to be on and whatever. And then you go up to your hotel room alone uh-huh. and you gave, 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 gave. I would think, and then you got to get on a plane and do it again. I would think that'd be a very hard, draining, lonely 
Yeah, life. it could be all those things. But I also, I also, it doesn't feel as draining to me because I, I, the way God's built my weirdo personality is it isn't quite as draining for me as it is for probably most other personalities. Um, so it doesn't. So you're feel. a natural extrovert, and that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. that pumps yeah. you up. Yeah, yeah. I I call it my staff, and I call it when I get people drunk, where I just like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's be, let's be in the lobby. Let's sit And then I do go to the hotel room and I do crash. And sometimes I cry and sometimes I send texts I shouldn't send. And sometimes I, yeah, I, I do all of that stuff. I, there, yeah, I think that's what the thing is. Like, it's like you have like, this. but I don't feel, I, I do want you to hear me say, I, those moments to me really matter when people want to connect and they want, because, because I, I think that's what God's going to ask me about in the long run is, did I see the people who stood right in front of me? Right. Not, did I see the crowds that when I was on a stage right. or did I sell so many books or did the podcast get downloaded X amount of times? He's going to go like, when Sarah walked up to you mm. crying at an airport, did you see her? Mm. Yeah, God, I want it. I don't do, I don't do it perfectly all the time. I, I, but I feel very convicted that probably the number one part of my calling and job and career right now is to see the man or woman who's standing right in front of me. And so it doesn't exhaust me all the time. I mean, there are times I'm human. Of course it is tiring when people, but I also don't feel like they're taking from me more often than not. They want to tell me how much I matter to them, which is not taking anything from me. They are being so freaking generous. I don't deserve any of that. And so it doesn't feel like taking as much as some other people, now there are some other people like a Levi Lesko or an Angie Smith or an Ann Voskamp who their deep loss is what someone connects with. Those people probably are having a different experience than I'm having. I, I mean, I, that's the thing that I can't imagine. Well, even like you said, the fun therapy thing from a year and a half ago and people are wanting to come up and talk about that and like yeah. things that are just like, you know, like yeah, kind of that, pull is, on I mean, you. I, that is the hardest one for me is the fun therapy one. I mean, when it came out, we set a filter on emails to not see those. I, I didn't read. I, unfortunately, I couldn't read any of those. It just was for starters. It came out right after not, not long, long, long after we recorded it. And so it was still very fresh to me, mm-hmm. but even a year and a half later, that's the only category of email that we receive from friends that can't call me that I can't engage with. How, how do you handle the road life? You're such a friend, people, person. When you're in Nashville, you're always with friends, always yeah. with families, always. And then you're on the road. You know, you might have your assistant with you, but a lot of times you're by yourself. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah, I always have my assistant with me. Oh. But um, only because it, it, it makes me the healthiest Annie to have a person with me all the time. Uh, in a lot of cities... We're in and out pretty quickly, if possible, especially because so much of my work is weekends and I really care about my local church and want to be as invested in my local church as possible. So I try to be home by Sunday. So we're in and out pretty quick. So that's part of it. Um, I Most cities, if I'm lucky, there's someone I really love there. So coming down here is easy because mm-hmm. I get to see you. I get to see Chandler. Mm-hmm. I get to see the people at Relevant. Like, this is great. Yeah. I, I got paid to visit people that I love. What a dream. And so that happens in Dallas and that happens in, um, lots of spots in California that happens in Chicago. You know, like I get to see people that I love and I'm paid to be there. So that really helps. Um, 
so for me, those are the two, the two big ones is that I never by myself because I mean, we don't share a hotel room. Like today I'm with you here. I'm here at relevant for most of the morning, my assistant's at the hotel and doing work and who knows what she could be getting her nails done. I don't have any idea. At the pool. Yeah. She's by the pool. I don't care if her computer's in her lap. I totally don't care. <laughs> um, so, so to me that I have put now I've been doing this, I've been traveling this full time for seven years. So I have trialed and errored this thing to death. And so I know what does not work for me and what makes me less healthy. And I know what leads me toward health in this particular part of my job and getting in and out quickly is part of it. Eating at a local restaurant is part of it. Cause I want to, there will come a time in my life as far as I can hope and see where I'll have a husband and kids and I will not travel at this rate that I'm traveling. I mean, even in the fall, I'm not going to travel. So I'm not going to get to see the clouds from an airplane and I'm not going to get to go to cities and eat at restaurants that are local and meet new friends. And uh, so, so there are benefits to this job that I want to maximize. And so those are, so that helps me from this job being this part of my job being overwhelmingly, uh, being detrimental at all. You can almost like appreciate and embrace it for what it is. Cause you know, in the middle of it, that it's a season forever. This is every single thing. It's that JC, I think the foreverness of it or the never endingness of it would be mentally exhausting. That's right. But if you're embracing it, you know, Chew yeah. the meat, spit out the bones. Like that's right. There you go. JP Pakluda said to me a few weeks ago, "Live like you're never leaving, but understand everything's seasonal." It's that same thing of holding it in both hands. Everything's seasonal, but invest like you're not going anywhere, right? Like the same in every situation that I am in in my life, I want to believe that I'm in. I think I'm never leaving Nashville. I genuinely look at you and say, "I'm never leaving Nashville." Right. But what happens if you get a show in LA? But what happens if I get a show in LA? Or what happens if I? marry a guy who lives in New York city or what happened? And he can't leave or what happens if my parents need me back in Atlanta. Right? Like, so I'm li- I own a house in Nashville. I'm invested in my local church and in the friendships, like I'm not going anywhere. And a year ago I was interested in a man who didn't live in Nashville. And so I was balancing. I'm never leaving here. Also his job doesn't move. Mine does. Mm. Right. And so that is how I feel about the, about my career. I think this is what I, I can look you in the eye and go for the rest of my life. I will write books. I will have a public life. I will have a podcast or some sort of media outlet. I will speak on stages. So I'm going to live like this the rest of my life. I also know, like I know, like I know that spring leads to summer and summer leads to fall and fall leads to winter. And so everything has seasons to it. And so, um, and so that, that helps me with not lose my mind on the road. Like this is for, I mean, Bob Goff said last night, he doesn't even look at his extended calendar because it makes him feel trapped. He looks at where he is today and where he's going tomorrow. And, and I don't quite work like that because of my business brain. And I mean, he has a brilliant business brain, but the way my business brain works, I like to see the year. And so I don't quite work like that, but but I do, it does help me to love the travel part of this job mm-hmm. when I have someone with me, when I'm getting to see people that I love, when I'm eating somewhere local, when I'm seeing things I wouldn't get to see otherwise. We were in Sioux Falls in the fall and my assistant Eliza and I were like, what are the Sioux Falls? Are there actually falls? 
in South Dakota. And sure enough, we went and found the waterfalls, right? Like, who, who, who else gets it? Do that. I saw uh, on Instagram stories, or not stories, but the ads, you know, like the autoplay video ads. For some reason, there's this Tony Robbins business one that's been like in my feed a lot. I've never done a Tony Robbins thing. But the very first one. documentary is awesome. Oh, I saw that. Um, But as I was scrolling through, you get the first like three seconds of the audio and he's very bold and he goes, what's your exit strategy? If you don't have an exit strategy, you're just an employee. And what, like he's talking to business leaders, you know? yeah, yeah. And I, it, it dawns on me, it hits me every time I hear that. Like, I don't have an exit strategy. Yeah. Like, like Bob last night asked, so like relevant, you're still doing that? Like, yeah. like it still brings you joy? Like I've been doing it 18, 19 years now. Yeah. And it's like, and you I answered just, yes. Yeah. And it's Which like, I, I just feel, I still feel like we're just starting and there's so many unfulfilled dreams that yeah. are still to be realized. Yeah. It's like, A, I don't have an exit strategy. B, I, I don't feel trapped though. I don't, yes. I mean, it's like, it, yeah, because like when, hopefully, if you get married again, when you get married again, if I get married, when I get married, we won't have an exit strategy. And there, and, and that's not the same kind of seasonal thing, right? Like, I don't think we need that. But I do think when it, but I do think we live like, because you, you don't know if there's going to be a tragedy and you don't know if, you just don't know. Right. Well, see, that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Like, I forget circle. how to pray. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to pray because I don't have a clear cut what I'm hoping for next. I am enjoying the ride. God's teaching me. God's blessing me. He's opening and shutting doors. I'm a different person than I was. And we're, the car continues to move forward. Yeah. And I have no idea where it's going, honestly. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. So then I think that's fine. I, I generally think that's fine. I think if there's an ask in you that you are denying asking, hmm. that's the problem. Yeah, I if don't you're think there is. Like, I'm resting, but if it's a fear, of it's death, just an open handedness. I'm just totally. like, okay, Lord, you know, I hope I'm mad. I hope I'm open handed. And I hope that I ask him for what I really want. I mean, you, you know, this about me. There are still relationships that I wish would work. Mm-hmm. And I go like, all I know to do is to ask, but to be open handed and trust when I see things going in lots of different directions, I just trust it. It doesn't mean I love it, but I trust it. And I go like, Okay, I, I'm going to ask until I don't want to ask. And then I go like, oh, man, I don't want to ask for that right now. <laughs> I don't want to ask for that. That doesn't feel like a great ask. I don't want to ask for that. And so, but then when I, so when I think about my career and when I think about where this is going and, and exit strategy to this or how I'm praying for this, I'm praying like I'm never going to do another job and expecting there to be seasons within this committed career. Right. Maybe I'll do something else. I don't think I will. But maybe I will. So I'll just pray. I'll just pray with the best of what I know. And that's getting it right. That was Annie F. Downs. Make sure to check out her most recent book, Remember God, as well as her weekly podcast, That Sounds Fun. Hey, if you like this episode of Unedited, I'd love your help spreading word about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on iTunes helps a ton, as well as sharing it on social media. And you won't want to miss our next episode when I'm joined by one of my heroes, author and speaker and former lawyer, Bob Goff. My life was significantly impacted by Bob in recent years, and it was an honor to sit down with him on the cusp of his 60th birthday to have a wide-ranging conversation. Well, I'm Cameron Strang. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.
Podcast Network.